Wait, what? There's still NFL free agents available? Oh, yes, there are, and some top ones. In fact, find out who these individuals are along with a Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion recap. And might we say, thank goodness it was only two episodes. We couldn't have handled the drama for an episode three. And wrapping up tonight's episode with a famous game of ours, buy or sell. You don't want to miss it. Fill up those wine glasses. Hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the real football fans of New Jersey. Hi, I'm Katie. This is my co-host, Caitlin, and we are here as we are here with you every Wednesday at 730, giving you the best in the world of housewives and football. This is episode 162. Our first episode of June Memorial Day weekend here in Jersey was a wet one, a lot of crappy weather, but we got sunshine heading our way this weekend. Very excited about it. And uh, we're going to kick it off in early, like midweek fun with the real football fans of New Jersey. We got a great show for you tonight, and we're going to start with some questions that were sent in by you, the viewers, the listeners. We appreciate it. We thank you every week for sending in your thought-provoking questions. So we got three good ones. We're going to start with that, and yeah, let's kick it off. Number one, do do you think Teresa and Louie will get engaged within one year from right now? Oh, within, yeah, within right now, definitely. Um, I do wonder when is their like year anniversary? I, I okay, think it's, so it's definitely like going to be here any second because okay. when uh, reunion part two, which we're going to talk about tonight, when that was on at that moment, they had said on the reunion that Teresa and Louie were dating for 10 months. Now we all okay. know the reunion gets filmed like a month or two before we see it. So the one year is like right upon us. Definitely around the corner. So 100%, I got to, you know, invest in this theory um, that they will get engaged within a year. Um, We've said this before um, on the show because, you know, we do talk a lot about uh, a lot about housewives getting engaged and getting married, like, or remarried, things like that. When you're at a certain age, when you know, you know, there's no wasting time anymore, things like that. They both have grown, you know, older kids. So I definitely think so. Yeah, I think so as well. And funny enough that we got this question because uh, I think it was just yesterday or two days ago, TMZ had caught Louie and Teresa out and about romping around on the streets. And they asked Louie, like, will you be proposing to Teresa? And he was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, at some point, definitely. So, like, they're already sold on that idea of, like, yes, we are going to get married. It's just a matter of when. And these two are like gaga for each other. So, yeah, I definitely think within one year from right now, we're going to see a a big fat rock on Teresa's finger. 
Well, just don't get married on Housewives and or do a vow renewal in a couple of years. Because yes. we all know. <laughs> the curse of the Housewives vow renewal. Do not do it. How do you want to see the wedding on TV? Don't even jinx, try to jinx it in any way. Yeah, no, no, no. Definitely not. Definitely not. Good point. All right. Number two, this is football related. Obviously, this is a big buzz story that's going on. We talked about it on last week's show. Uh, what do you think... Julio Jones is worth trade-wise. What is his trade value? What should somebody be giving up to get Julio Jones? Yeah, so I initially thought, you know, it was like a no-brainer that it was a first-round pick. Um, but as I see, like, more and more teams entering the race and kind of raising their hand that maybe they're interested, take, like, the Seahawks and the Niners or teams like that, those teams don't have first round picks to offer up, but I don't think that Atlanta is going to shy away from a deal with the Seattle Seahawks or the 49ers or someone else that's in the mix right now. So for me, it's obviously, I, I feel if that's the case somewhere, monetary value is going to have to be thrown into uh, into the mix some way, shape, or form, um, whether it's paying off a current contract, additional to that. Um, but I think it might it's going to be multiple second-round picks. And okay. I say multiple as, like, with an asterisk, because multiple, I feel like, can mean, like, two to whatever. <laughs> two to, like, ten, probably. They're not getting ten picks. But I think multiple could be two, could be three, but, you know, let's play it safe. So that's, that's where my head is at right now. So, yeah, um... I think it doesn't really come to surprise that, you know, we've read a little bit that Atlanta wants a first rounder for Julio Jones. Right. I think straight up Julio Jones for a first rounder at his age, uh, I believe he's 32 years old. I kind of don't like it. I don't like him for just a straight up swap of a first round pick. Um, so I'm not a fan of that one. I think sure. Yeah. A second rounder that works. I also think, he's worth maybe packaging some players, right? Yes. So mm -hmm. a draft, you can, you can pick number one overall in the draft and that could still be a hit or hit or miss pick. Right. So if you're getting somebody like Julio Jones, who's already a proven player, maybe you trade with a team and take one of their starter, like a starter who's a proven player, maybe not of the caliber of Julio Jones, right? But maybe you take a player who's a solid starter pair him with another player or pair it with, you know, a third rounder, maybe something like that. I, right. I feel like that's the true worth of Julio Jones, mainly because yes. of his, honestly, mainly because of his age. Obviously we all know he can still play, yeah. but the first round pick straight up, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth that. So we're going to see what happens. I know that's what Atlanta wants, but I don't know if anybody's willing to give that up. I do have to interrupt our regularly scheduled program to tell you that your mom just sent me a Facebook friend request. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that I didn't mean like a hundred years late, but don't take a with my mom. Like I don't probably hasn't been on Facebook in like 10 years. Well, I just, um, I just accepted. So, and we do have a, yeah. we did have a, a viewer on Facebook before, so maybe she's watching, but yeah, I did. Trying, <laughs> trying to watch the show. She's trying to watch the show, but I did. I just, uh, I just added your mom. So. Love it, love it. Breaking news, baby. Breaking news. Breaking news. Caitlin and Mrs. Lipkin are now <laughs> Facebook friends. Oh my goodness. All right. And finally, question number three. This is a mashup of Housewives and football uh, and got some summertime vibes with it as well. Pick one 
NFL player and one housewife and an outdoor barbecue slash party game that you would pick to play with them? Ooh, this is such a good one because like we're getting so many like summer vibes from the housewives right now with their seasons. And obviously, you know, we're looking at all the football players now doing their OTAs and we're just Mm -hmm. seeing the weather get nicer. We're doing activities. So great, great question kind of scenario game here for us. So I'll actually split it up. So I'll do a football player to a game and then a housewife to a game. I'm actually, I got it. I got to go outdoor, you know, drinking game for football player. I'm going to go with Eli Manning and we are playing flip cup. I'm doing Daniel Jones flip cup. Uh, Well, I'm going to go. I think Eli taught him everything he knows. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. How about me and me and Daniel versus you and Eli in flip cup? That would be like a dream come true. I don't even know like if I would be trying because I'd be so nervous. Oh my God. So I, I would absolutely love that. Um, and then oh, yeah. for housewives, um, I'll probably not do, I won't do a drinking game because I'm probably going to pick someone from New York or New Jersey. I feel um, like well, you're on the same exact vibe as me. It's going to like freak me out. I'm going to do cornhole. So. Oh, okay. I'm going to do cornhole and I'm going to do it with, I'm going to do it with Leah. She's kind of bothering me lately, but she is sober. Um, She is competitive at like at heart. So she's just naturally competitive. Um, And I feel like she'd be one of those people showing up to a barbecue and is just oddly good at games. And you're like, what? Like all the like athletes of the crew are like, what are you doing? And she's just good. So I'm going to go with Leah and cornhole. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I, I did go like similar with you as, you know, obviously I'm picking Daniel Jones. We saw him and Eli, you know, playing a little flip cup in Hoboken like a year ago. A flippy flip. And we, uh, we saw what that was about. So definitely taking them on to playing flip cup. Uh, and then I went with a non-drinking game. I went with uh, a sport that Caitlin and I are very fond of and definitely have played each other a million times in, in our backyards. Uh, I'm going with badminton. Oh, I love it. We love a good game of badminton. We get super uh, super competitive. And I am going to do it like I'm having a teammate, so a two-on-two badminton game. And I'm going to pick one of the New York ladies because they have houses in the Hamptons with their tennis courts. I know they're good at tennis. And give me somebody who's super tall to spike it over the net. Luann. With Luann. That would just be a glorious day anyway, yeah. playing playing badminton with Luann. So honestly, though, Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, and Luann, if you are out there, oh, and Leah, too, we have put yeah. out these requests. If you want to play us in flip cup, badminton, or cornhole, we are available all summer long. If we have to come to you, if we have to meet you in the Hamptons, so be it. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do it. I think we'll make do. We'll make do. We'll we'll fit it into our schedules. Absolutely. But honestly, no, Katie and I do love a good badminton game. So actually, if anyone watching right now wants to play us ever, let us know. We're in. Bring it. it. Oh, I feel like I haven't played in so long, though. It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. I love it. I know that we would still have our games. So we're going to go to my... Just a little shout out before Caitlin brings us into the first uh, big story of the week in the world of football. We want to give a special... Birthday shout out, a dual birthday shout out to honestly two of our favorite Bravo men. Um, obviously, the godfather of it all. Happy birthday to Mr. Andy Cohen, 
We love them. Um, and then somebody who we've grown exceptionally fond of over the last season or two. Happy birthday to Dr. Bill Aiden. So Dr. Bill. I, I honestly hope Dr. Bill is getting turned up for his birthday. Like, get it, boy. Get it. Get it. Get it. Take that shirt off and take pictures in front yeah. in your hallway again. We want that. Give us that Don't fashion show. We want Drunk Bill Aiden. We absolutely love it. I was hoping that Jen, Jennifer, posted one of those pictures for his birthday. She did not, unfortunately, but she did post a bunch of good ones, a bunch of good ones. So We love Bill. Andy Cohen knows how to get a little turnty turnt too. So um, I would love for the both of them to enjoy their evenings with their family, their friends, uh, you know, get a little, get a little fun, get a little crazy on your birthdays. So absolutely, absolutely. happy birthday, Mazel. We love the two of you and have a great day. Absolutely. All righty. Well, as always, if you guys do have any questions or comments for us, you can go ahead and post them. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter right now. So let's go. Let's keep the conversation going. Let's flow right now into the big stories of the week for football. We're talking free agency. And yes, people, you heard me correctly. Free agency is still out there and there's still big names on the table. So that is what we're talking about. That is our first topic of the night. Um, so we're talking about the, the agents that are still available. Um, so this past week, um, an Instagram account called Catch the Blitz. So that's just one word at Catch the Blitz. Um, they posted some big name free agents that are still available. Um, so we have defensive tackle Gino Atkins, running back Todd Gurley, defensive end Justin Houston, uh, linebacker KJ Wright, safety Malik Hooker, uh, offensive tackle Mitchell Schwartz, uh, cornerback Richard Sherman, uh, defensive end Olivier Vernon, um, and cornerback Brian Poole. So it's a a big list of names there. And you've got oh, guys like Gurley, Sherman, Vernon, you know, big names. Um, you know kind of like, you know what kind of makes me chuckle is like, take this list and put it like five years ago. And those would be like the biggest free agency names that would get snatched up in two right. seconds. Guys like Gurley right. and Geno Atkins and Richard Sherman. And now, yeah, they're getting towards the later half of their careers. And it's kind of about figuring out what, what is speaking right. of value from before, what, what is their value? They're in a similar situation to Julio Jones. I'm not saying that they're at his level of play, but you know, they're like in their thirties. And they, like I said, right. getting to the second half of their careers. And what are these guys worth? How much do they have left in the tank? But you also have some younger names on there. It's a mix of just really good talent still. Right. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. So a uh, quick status update for these guys. So uh, you have Geno Atkins. Uh, he's not expected to return to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and then ESPN has predicted that the Minnesota Vikings is where he'll land. Um, and then on Thursday, Todd Gurley did visit with the Detroit Lions. Um, so that's another option there. Um, ESPN has also predicted that Justin Houston is going to sign with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, keep rolling with their predictions here uh, for ESPN. KJ Wright to leave Seattle for arrival with the Los Angeles Rams. 
Um, and then also a Twitter account called NFL Rumors. So <laughs> don't know how much uh, credibility we have here, but did report on Sunday that Malik Hooker is mulling offers from Dallas and Miami. Yeah. Uh, and then to wrap things up here again with another ESPN prediction, uh, they say Richard Sherman will return to San Francisco on a one-year deal. That to me, out of all of them, is probably the most likely scenario. I think a lot of these, you know, could bump around a little bit. Um, obviously, there's predictions, there's rumors, there's things like that. Yeah. I think Richard Sherman returning to San Francisco is the most solid. Uh, so so funny though, because as soon as the season, the regular season ended, like I feel like Richard Sherman openly came out and said, like. Not that he didn't want to be with San Fran, right. but he didn't expect to be with San Fran because he knew they had to pay people. He just thought that there was no room for him. Um, and I thought that was just going to be like a known thing that like Richard Sherman was not going back to San Fran. So if they I think like the radio that, silence has kind of like shifted my thought process on that. So you're right. He did come out and like there was that statement and it was kind of on. But then since then, we haven't really heard anything. And we're reading this, you know, there might be some people that probably forgot that he was a free agent when we yeah. read this list earlier. All these guys, so I, all these guys honestly. So I think that's why I'm more confident in saying that I really do believe he will return to San Fran. And it's easy on a one-year deal. That's fine. They can figure things out after the year and try to understand the future. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of silence between that initial statement and now, it just kind of like, uh, like, I don't know, just heightens my confidence in saying he's going back to San Fran. You kind of wonder if any of these guys are are sitting back and also mulling retirement. Um, yes. If nobody's mm -hmm. coming and knocking and they're however years old. And I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, we don't have it's, any. Yeah. We don't have any reports on Olivier Vernon um, where he might go. Like what, what's going on with him? Uh, Mitchell Schwartz as well. Like, you know, obviously offensive linemen are always good to, you can never have enough, you know, decently solid offensive linemen. Um, Malik Hooker, KJ Wright, younger yeah. guys, they'll, they'll definitely Malik Hooker. I'm I've heard with that rumor of Dallas and Miami that the decision is coming like soon. Like it seems as though, yes, that's correct. It's down to those two teams and we're going to find out soon enough which one it is. So, hey, Malik, I, I hear Miami is nice, good weather. Like, I, maybe you want to go there. Maybe let's just stay away from Dallas and just, you know. Let maybe let's just be. not go to Texas. So let's I don't know. Let's not do that. Let's definitely not do that. But yeah, listen, I mean, mandatory workouts are coming up for teams. So we're yeah. probably going to see moves with these individuals in a very short period of time yeah. so again as always we do encourage you to stay glued to your phone to espn to the nfl app your twitter app anything where you get the latest and data uh latest and greatest yeah um us of course always listen to us so yep and um and we do have like a little bonus update too um and caitlin kind of mentioned it earlier in the show as well when we were talking about julio jones but the name, the team name that keeps popping up with him is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they're definitely in discussion about trying to make something work. And I've got to say the thought of DK Metcalf and Julio Jones, not just talent-wise, but mainly size-wise, 
scary. That scares the crap out of me. Like, I know you will not want to play Seattle. And honestly, at least all those like little rumblings that we heard about Russell Wilson not being happy with the organization. If he were to get Julio Jones in the building, I'm pretty sure he would be happy. Well, I think it's a game similar to maybe Green Bay plays this card and it's like, we'll go get someone like Julio Jones if you shut your mouth and that will make you happy. In my opinion, though, Russell's got more concerns with his offensive line. You can bring in Julio and you can have him and DK as a threat. But listen, if you if you don't have a solid line in front of you, it doesn't matter who you're tossing the ball to, to be honest. Absolutely. You're absolutely right on that one. Um, but yeah, so like Caitlin said, stay posted, stay tuned. Things are still going to be happening. And yeah, crazy to see some of those names still out there that I completely forgot about until I was, you know, reminded yep. of this post. So it's crazy. All right. But that's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's Bonnie and I's friendship song. Millions of people. <laughs> crazy crazy train. train. That's our, <laughs> that's, that's our unofficial BFF theme song. <laughs> The crazy train. I'm going to see if we can like buy like the rights buy to the that. Rights. I want to see how much it would cost because then that can be our podcast song. I was so mad. Literally one of the podcast episodes we did, um, Spotify bought Anchor. That's like what we do our podcast through. So I was like so, so excited. So they were like, you can now play music and it's like for free and you won't get copyrighted. So then I like put um, back in the New York groove as our intro song. And then they only played it on Spotify. So no one else could listen to the podcast. Oh, so it, okay. it didn't go on Apple podcast. It didn't go on like Google oh, podcast. Oh, and I was like, what the? F-? So I've never done a song since. Cause I was like, I am not restricting our audience to just the Spotify. <laughs> just the Spotify. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not okay. doing that. I, I hear you on that. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, our second big story of the night in the world of football, we're talking about a retirement, one that kind of is a long time coming. But oh, my God, what a career. What a career. We're finally talking about the retirement of (laughs) kicker Adam Vinatieri after 24 seasons in the league. That's what I said. I literally said, finally. When Katie sent it to me, I literally just go, finally. Not in like a mean way. It was just like, finally. 24 seasons. Adam Vinatieri announced his retirement last week, actually on the Pat McAfee show. Um, Adam struggled in the 2019 season with a lingering injury. Didn't end up playing in 2020. So this could have been assumed that this was going to happen when it did. Mm -hmm. Um, Still considered by many as the greatest kicker of all time. I think he is. Um, he's going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2025, which he will make. Um, he retires as the only kicker to convert 250-plus field goals with more than one franchise. So he did yeah. 336 with Indy and 263 with New England. He's 48 years old. Okay. Insane. And he won four Super Bowls, three with New England, one with the Colts. Um, Like, that's just it. Like, living your best life. You're an NFL kicker until you're 48 years old. 48 is young these days. 48 is young. So now he's essentially going and he's starting his life now. With all of this money he's made, he's got a family. He's got three Super Bowl rings. Probably, Probably a full bill of, like a clean bill of health. 
Yep. If you're playing in the NFL until you're 48 years old, I don't care what position you're playing. You have to have a clean bill of health. So like I said, his life is just starting right yeah. now. Yep. And it, I can kind of see him like maybe, you know, on our TV screens, maybe doing some sort of yeah. announcing. I, I can picture it. Um, and so, yeah, four Super Bowls in his career, which is just awesome. Um, he's also a three-time All-Pro and a three-time Pro Bowler. Surprised he didn't make more Pro Bowls, to be honest. I was literally going to just say that. Very like, weird. Who, who is making yellow? <laughs> I did, but like, I did get that from an article, but I want to like, Fact check that. Yeah, that just seems wrong. But if you're right, yeah, if you're watching right now, please fact check check us. Um, Yeah, (laughs) but he's also the NFL's all-time leader in points scored with 2,673. I love it. Honestly, like I'm not going to rattle them all off because there's so many. He's also set several other NFL records as far as kicking goes. Um, He wrote the record book. It's just like Drew Brees when Drew Brees retired, like. Record on record on record. Um, and this was a phenomenal career. And, you know, it takes a, like, we don't always see kickers make the Hall of Fame, no. but this is a shoe in. This is a shoe in. I, I do consider him the best of all time. And it's kind of like, I, I don't, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but it's no. one of those things where it's like, we might not see it again. We might not see a 48 year old kicker play in the NFL for 24 seasons and break all the records and win four mm-hmm. Super Bowls while you're at it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like what Tom Brady's doing at the age that he's doing it at for as long as he's been doing it and all the accolades, like we might not see these things again in our lifetime. So it's like guys like Tom Brady, you have to, whether you like him or not, you have to appreciate what he's done. And that hundred percent goes with Adam Vinatieri. So, so my brother, a crazy my brother commented and I think he might have fact checked us but I'm also a little confused with what he wrote he wrote three times three time all pro and three time pro bowler in same years that doesn't make sense yeah that doesn't make sense I don't know what he Christopher means. that doesn't make sense so fact check yourself and then read they don't have three different pro bowls in the same season and you can make all three I was gonna say if that was the case I've been missing out on two pro bowls every year <laughs> Maybe it was a thing of like consecutively, like maybe he made more than that, but like there was a stretch where three seasons he made the Pro Bowl each time and he also was a All-Pro. Well, that's what I'm looking. Now I'm looking at them. Maybe that's what it means. I don't know. I don't know. Christopher, I know you're still watching. Explain yourself. Either way, unbelievable career and uh, enjoy retirement. It sounds like it's going to be a blast. Okay, he was a pro bowler and a first team all pro in three years. So I guess it's the consecutive three years, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All good. Thank you. Factcheck.com. We needed that. We needed to fact check ourselves there. But yeah, hats off. Cheers to that. Uh, absolutely love a love a career. Love a good look of blah, love a good career from a kicker, nonetheless. Yep. So truly great. Yep. All right, so let's get into our big stories of the week for Housewives. But don't you worry, we are coming back with a football game. We're doing one of our favorites in a little bit. But let's talk football. I mean, so let's talk Housewives. So this first story is absolutely hilarious. It's absolutely pathetic. Hilarious and pathetic all in one. So we are talking about Jen Shaw. Her family has launched a GoFundMe page for her legal fees. Like, Cry me a river. Don't take 
the good person's money. So over the weekend, Jen Shaw's family launched a GoFundMe to help raise $2.5 million to cover the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star's legal fees. This comes after her arrest in March for a multi-million dollar telemarketing scheme where she was excuse me, charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. So, like, honestly... I can't. Um, <laughs> Jen's cousin Danny was one of the ones who created the GoFundMe um, and asked that 10,000 caring souls donate $250. Give me a effing break. Uh, I could give you like $500 and I'm not doing that. Like, what? No. Like, no. There's people. Kim, there's people dying. Like there's dying, Kim. There are literally starving children in the world. There's dogs that are being, sorry, dogs and animals that are being abused and don't have homes. There are kids that are dying too. Like people People, are dying. People that lost other uh, family members to COVID. um, Seriously, parent now raising children without their without their husband or wife. Like, come on. Let's let's be serious. Seriously, there's like we just celebrated Memorial Day. There's families who lost, you know, family members to war and things like that. And, you know, serving our country. And you want money on a GoFundMe page to your legal fees when you are the criminal? You are. Cr- this should be a crime. Like, how is GoFundMe allowing this? Like, Jen Shaw's a criminal. But oh, we're going to start They're this. not allowing it. I know. So, um, so yeah. So, obviously, um, everyone caught wind of it, as Katie and I are very frustrated right now. Um, and a fan did comment that it was reported to GoFundMe. Um, so, it was only a couple of hundred dollars that were raised Still bothers me. I wish there was, like, a penny raised for that little brat. Um, but GoFundMe did take the page down. So, good. Um, and then, you know, Jen Shaw is still pleading that she is innocent. Um, and she, you know, she's found guilty. She's going to jail for 30 years. So, I just, I don't know. But who, like, honestly, like, even the fact that, like, GoFundMe, like, took it down, like, that's great. But, like, how did her cousin, like, how does he sleep at night? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what? Like, come on. What? How stupid can you be? He looks at it as this was an innocent person who, and I believe the article I read had said that she's already spent, I think it was around like $150,000 in legal fees so far on her own. That sucks. He was basically saying like, this is an innocent person. And so it's like, it's hard that she has to pay these. Well, then don't have your 20 person glam squad Sell your house, which by the way, I've heard isn't your house and you just rent it. Uh, Well, the the rent has to be astronomical. Move out of it. I don't know. Do what you got to do. Like not anybody else's problem because you look pretty guilty. I know innocent until proven guilty, but you're looking pretty damn guilty, girl. So guilty with a capital G. (sighs) Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I can't even. Totally crazy. She's on the crazy train. But listen, they're filming Salt Lake City uh, season two. We're going to get all of this, literally all of it. So I did. What did I see recently about Salt Lake City? I think it was that they like wrapped up filming. They could have. They could have. Um, we definitely. I talk- think Mary posted it. We definitely talked like yeah. a couple of weeks ago on our show about how they were like in the middle of filming. So yeah, I think I did see that recently that they like wrapped up and I was like, yee. Yeah, excited. Very excited for season two. 
Um, <coughs> tickle in my throat. Okay. So let's get into our second big story of the week in the world of housewives. This is one that we really wanted to give to you guys once it completed and we were able to do a full recap. We were talking about the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. It was a two-parter, which Caitlin and I discussed before the show. We're kind of happy it wasn't a three-parter. Thank God. We can't take too much of like the cutthroat yelling and screaming at each other. So no. we have, you know, obviously a breakdown of part one, a breakdown of part two, um, things that we just want to like quickly touch on. Part one, we saw a lot of Margaret versus Jennifer in this in this reunion, which we expected. Um, obviously, the meal ticket comment that uh, Margaret had made about Jennifer got brought up as we knew it would. Um, Jennifer coming out and saying like, she didn't have a nanny until her fourth child. And yeah, like, I think somebody had said it, somebody said it. I don't think it was Jennifer herself, but somebody was like, if she, or maybe she did, if she can afford to enjoy those luxuries, like, so be it. Like, you know, yeah. I mean? if you can afford those things, like, and you want to do it like that's your money. Like, and Margaret kind of was like annoyed of like, well, don't talk about it. And then that comment came out of Margaret saying like, yeah, but you're all about it. Like, for example, on your Instagram, like little bio, it says married to a plastic surgeon. And Jennifer's like, yeah, like I'm proud of that. And Teresa was like, yeah, like Margaret, like you wouldn't put like married to a plumber and everything's like, like, oh, Teresa, like, why do you say things like that? <laughs> My jaw dropped. I was like, that is so effed up. And it was so messed up because I was so like on Jennifer's side and not saying that she made the comment, but I would have turned a bit Teresa and been like, no, that's like, not at it at all. Like, no, no, no. Because, like, a plumber is a very respectful occupation. It's like, of money. It's not even about the money. It's about having yeah, a solid right. and stable job, yeah. not paying fucking student loans and all of this stuff. I want my kids to go to a trade school so they don't have to pay boatloads of money for education yeah. and have a stable job for the rest of their lives. But yeah. I I was so Teresa. That was bad. That was bad. I was like, no, 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 no. So I 100% didn't agree with Teresa there, but I don't agree like with, with Margaret. Like I don't, she, I'm on the side of that. Yes. Jennifer has the luxuries now. So like, enjoy it and and whatever and clearly she's reaping the benefits of a plastic surgeon he's done work to her so i which, i was which they also like we talked about on the show once before jennifer did a whole bunch of posts on instagram like kind of showcasing like that she struggled they struggled in the beginning um their one so, house yeah, like, is smaller than mine and they had yeah, like, kids yeah so to me it's like god bless girl like enjoy everything that comes your way you, um, you absolutely have to. So we have Melissa accusing Jennifer of throwing her mother under the bus by kind of like talking about what was this going was on. I didn't agree with that. Um, I, I felt as though, and Jennifer's argument is like, I keep it real. These are real things that are happening in my life. I don't picture that Jennifer was like, oh, the cameras are rolling. So like, this is a juicy story and let me bring oh. up my parents' marriage. I think this is really happening. Like, they didn't plan for their daughter to sit there and watch her parents scream at each other. Right. Like, that's just what's happening in her life. The old Turkish people. Did they, uh, do they even understand when the cameras are rolling? Probably not. They're probably like, what the hell is Bravo? What the hell is housewives? We have no idea what you're doing. Like, 
And so they, they're living their lives and they're clearly going through some marital issues that have affected now Jennifer and her family. They, so, threw, them, they threw themselves under the bus yeah. by openly fighting in front of the cameras. If you didn't want anybody yeah. to know about it, then just like, don't say anything. And but, I don't think she was doing anything mean to her mom. I actually I. thought it was kind of, I actually watched that episode with my mom and I thought it was like interesting the way in which she brought up like not living with her husband and all the women around don't live with their husband. And they were like, amen, like amen yep. to that. Like, I thought it was kind of like a uplifting thing. And maybe Jennifer's mom, you know, she's traditional. So she said she thought it was embarrassing. Yeah. So like, I understand like that kind of awkwardness of it, but I don't think she was doing it on purpose. She was trying no. to build no. this like strong community with these women right here. You could also tell throughout the, throughout the season that Jennifer was really trying to make sure that she wasn't hurting her mother. Like she was trying to choose yeah. her words carefully and, and have conversations with her to better the situation. So I didn't agree with that. Yeah. No. Um, Jennifer claims that Michelle Pius came on the show just specifically to ambush Melissa and Joe. Uh, Jennifer claimed Maybe. This, this, was a bit, this was like a big, a couple of things got claimed that I feel like Andy just swept under the rug and like went to the right. next question. I was like, I want to know more about this shit. But um, <laughs> Jennifer claimed that Margaret and her had a conversation about what Michelle said about Joe not paying her husband. And yes how Margaret came out and was like, oh, my husband's a contractor. You don't think we know that Joe Gorga doesn't pay people? I'm like, whoa, that's a freaking bomb and a half. But like, that was it. It didn't go on. I, I need to know more about I it. I am. Okay, all right. Um, Joe, Jude Joe Judice versus Melissa and Joe did get brought up. We were kind of predicting whether that was mm. going to happen or not. And remember, we talked about how Andy said, I have something and it's not really good. It were it was comments that Joe Judice had made to the press about right. Melissa and Joe. Things like how Joe took money from Nono and how like Nono had no money because of Joe and this, that, the third. Really like a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I, I I wish, like they asked Teresa straight up, like, is that true? Like, is that true about your brother? And like, yeah. I feel like she kind of didn't say yes. She kind of didn't say no. So it was like yeah. awkward. But like at the end of it, the conclusion was like Teresa was like, yes, I've told Joe to stop talking about Joe and Melissa. And Joe and Melissa obviously know like how everybody feels like we don't want you to talk about Joe Judice. So Let's just hope it stays that way. We don't mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then the reunion ends, obviously, on a cliffhanger about Jennifer. Again, Jennifer comes with all these claims. Jennifer claiming that Marge started the Evan rumor. So Wait, so I tweeted that out during live during the reunion, and I ran a poll on my Instagram. I had, like, so many votes. Majority, Marge started the rumor. Okay. Everyone okay. is in on well, this. I and I well. waited until like they kind of hashed it out. Like I yeah. know Jennifer like dropped the bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So I waited a little bit. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Part, so but, part two obviously starts with that. I feel right. like they didn't really dive that, that deep into that one right. either. But when like Jennifer was kind of explaining it, it really sounded more of like a theory than it did a fact. When she had said it and it ended like that on part one, it sounded like she had receipts. And then when she, yeah. reunion part two, she was kind of like, 
well, she, they were like, well, she's from the Tenafly area. Like just because she lives in that yeah. town, like it was kind of like a theory. It wasn't really like a fact. Yeah. I do we have to know. like ad- admit, we don't know. And I think it'll still be kind of like the, because I still question, did Teresa actually hear it or did she make it up that night? I don't know at this point. Yeah, you could argue who, that as well. Who did what? But I think the thing with Marge is so interesting because her husband lied at the reunion. How yeah. did they let Why him? did they not play that receipt? Like, I literally sat there. I was like, thank God he's going to finally admit what he did. But- He said that him saying that he had heard the rumor about Evan, he was saying was taken out of context. He basically was trying to explain that when Teresa went around this party saying this, that he had heard about this rumor after that party happened when women in the area had caught on to it and they were at his house talking about it. That is not how he said it in front of the guys. That is not. Oh, of course, of course. And he explained, and that's where he's trying to like, whether it's true or not. Again, I don't know if that's true or not either. Like, but that's his explanation of why it came off that way, that it was taken out of context. Oh, he lied. Liar. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're on to part two. I actually happened to watch part two today. So it's like fresh in my brain and I took (laughs) notes for y'all. So um, Jennifer's drinking. This is like a hot button with Caitlin and I that we don't really like. Um, I feel as though like if the women of New Jersey have any kind of issue with Jennifer's drinking, imagine Marge hanging out with the New York cast. Oh my God. Like, I mean, those women get crazy. I know some of them don't drink anymore, but like those women get wild. Like, have you seen the Mexico tequila trip? Like, like, come on. So I feel like Jennifer's drinking is just like, leave her the hell alone. Like she's having a good time. We've all gotten to that point of like, yes, we drank too much. Right. We might've fallen over, maybe even made a fool of ourselves, but like, just let it be. Who cares? Like we did it the time. and it was one time. Like it was literally one it was time. Fun. It's very annoying. I Caitlin and I really don't like how that's like even a thing. But I hated like the Halloween episode too. Like my sister and I were actually texting like during that episode, and my sister was like, "Does does Jennifer like seem overly drunk to you?" And I was like, "No." I was like, Marge just like right away saw a drink in her hand and was like. You are too drunk. I can't deal with this mess right now. She was at a, a Halloween party with 50 plus people. A party. A party. Don't supply alcohol then. Don't let your guests drink if you're just going to single out people for all of this stuff. And yeah. they were just filming these ladies. I would have loved to known out of the 50 to 70 people that were at your party, Marge, how many of them woke up the next day feeling like absolute freaking shit? Yeah. How many of them threw up that night? Probably a lot of them, but you're calling out Jennifer who God forbid dropped a plate by accident and wanted to eat a hot dog. That's what I got from the whole thing. Yeah. We've definitely been annoyed by that topic. Um, A topic that definitely annoys a lot of America is Dolores and David. That was obviously a Mm -hmm. big, big part of reunion part two. Uh, Dolores kind of like didn't know this about her relationship, which was like blew my mind. She said that she only sees David once a week. 
I mean, that's yeah, not any kind of relationship that I want to be in personally. I'm no. not saying I got to be up your butt, but like. Well, seriously. especially if you live near each other. Like, yeah, obviously, if it's. Exactly. Like, yeah, long I distance. understand he works like crazy, but like. Right. Make more of an effort, like find time. I'm sure if you really sat and thought about it, you could find more time. So Dolores sees David once a week. Uh, Dolores was also asked, like, is your mom on the fence about him? Like, does your mom want him to propose? She said, yes, my mom wants him to propose. Um, They asked her if he did propose today, would she say yes? She said yes, but kind of like, needs to demand a couple of things where she said, gave an example of like, you need to carve out an entire weekend for me once a month, which is really not asking much whatsoever. Um, and that she wants her name like on that house. Like this is a house they built together. And like, if she's going to be his wife and move in there, like she wants to be a part of it. And then a really, really super interesting clip that was played. Obviously we had to watch what happens live kids episode, Bravo kids episode. And they played a clip of Frankie Catania And he was asked, do you think Dolores, your mother, and David will ever get married? And he said yes. And he seemed pretty confident about it. He said that in the time where I was living under the same roof, just David and I, um, there are things that other people don't hear, conversations that, you know, nobody else hears besides the two of us are having it. That makes me think that, yes, one day they will get married. So that was news to Dolores. She was shocked when they played that clip. I was shocked. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to get married. That is the one thing that like Dolores always brings up is like how much he loves her kids and how much amazing. they love him. I love that. which how they love him back. And we yeah. did see it on like one of the the episodes. I don't know if it was early this season or actually late last season when you know Frankie was studying and was doing all this right. stuff and like him and David like that's when they were living together and they wow. were having like these heart to hearts and things like that. So we did kind of see like a little bit behind the scenes there. So. That's also interesting too. Like, you know, your family is close and there are probably things that we don't see on camera. But you know what what bothers me about that? It's like, and this happens not just in the world of housewives, but in, in the real world, like there are couples out there that maybe should break up, maybe shouldn't be together, but they have difficulty ending things because they grow so attached to that other person's family. And like, yes, Dolores, it's super convenient and awesome that he loves your kids and your kids love him. Mm. It's awesome that he has a relationship with Big Frank. Like, that's amazing. You might not find another guy that's cool like that, right? No. But those aren't reasons to get married to David. So I hope that there are other factors that would play in other than just those things. And I think Dolores needs more and deserves more. Absolutely. Um, Okay, Teresa... Obviously, we got to talk about kind of the dynamic now of the fact that she has a new boyfriend, Louie, and, you know, Joe Judice and those two meeting each other in the Bahamas. We've talked about it on the show before. Um, Teresa was asked straight up, do you think Joe Judice was faithful to you in your marriage? She says, I, she basically says, I don't know. They played yeah. a clip. They did play the clip from like a season or two ago where she says, yes, I do think he, he cheated on me. Um, but now she's like back yeah. to like, I don't know. 
She said that she's always been faithful. She was asked straight up, were you faithful even when he was in jail? She said, yes, I, I believe that. I do. Yeah, I believe it. Yep. Um, she said she was asked, Andy, just digging in with these personal questions. <laughs> is Lou the only guy you had sex with in the last 20 years other than Joe Judy? She said, yes. I also feel like I, be All right. I, think I believe that one as well. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe she doesn't want to say because that could also be awkward, like to say in front of Louie. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think that when obviously her and Joe, it was like known that they were going to separate. She was like, I just kind of want to do my own thing. Like I have to be with the girls and things like that. She still, even when they were like done, like completely done, she still was kind of like doing her own thing. It wasn't until recently where she came out and she was like, sex, 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 sex. Yeah. And I think that's when she met Louie. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure it was like, great, 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 great. Yeah, sex. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what kind of just nailed it there. So, um, obviously, so to say, like nailed it. <laughs> Obviously, people saw like this clip when they were showing previews of it, but um, she did say that, you know, with the dinner between her, Louie, Joe, the kids, like in the Bahamas, how Gia said that Joe Judice had said, yes, like it broke my heart into a million pieces right. to see her with somebody else. It's like that kind of made me feel sad for a second, but like at the same time, you never treated her right and you never gave a shit about her the way she yeah. deserved to be treated. And so, yeah, some. Like when you don't treat your person right, somebody else is going to swoop in and, and take yep. that job for you. So too bad. So Absolutely. Um, this was a very interesting thing that I know people have. I've already seen on social media, people having strong opinions about this. Louie has watched the Real Housewives of New Jersey since the beginning. What, what are your thoughts about that? Like, how do you well, feel about that? I feel like am I? He's from New Jersey. Am I shocked? Like, I'm not really. I don't know. <laughs> Just because you're New Jersey, it's not like you're like, it's not like you're a woman. I'm not saying, hey, our, our demographic out there. I'm not saying that men can't watch The Real Housewives. But Christopher I, loves The Real Housewives. I know, I know, and I get I get friends <clears throat> to watch a little bit as well every now and then. But um, I know people have some strong opinions about it, and because I really you know, don't, it does get quite like I'm not questioning it, but it. it you could see why some people would question like, oh, are you in it for the right reasons? Like this, that, the third. I yeah. think they're genuine, um, but it is awkward. Like Andy brought it up at the reunion. He's like, wow. So like he fully knows like your past with Joe Judice. And Teresa was like, yeah, which is why he tells me like I'm he's going to treat me better than I've ever been treated. Well, it's like a weight lifted off her shoulders. Probably she doesn't have to go freaking explain to the next guy. Hey, this is my husband. Here I am. I was on Housewives here. It's kind of just all laid down on the table. Yeah. So take, take me or leave me. You know what I mean? This is who I am. This is what you get. You've seen it from the beginning, baby. So honestly, like as much as like maybe people are skeptic out there, if I were Teresa, it'd be a weight lifted off my damn shoulders because she doesn't have to explain a damn thing. It's a good devil's advocate point to me. She really um, does it. And I just, I think like too, like, and I, I, I say like, cause you know, he's from New Jersey. I think yeah. actually Jersey, like the demographic for housewives. Like I think a lot of men actually watch our franchise he's, too. He's also like from 
kind of like the area <laughs> where they of where they live. So that certainly plays an interest. I mean, I know certainly for us, like when we're watching the show and we, we recognize all of these places, right. I'm thinking specifically like Montclair, like where Melissa's yeah. envy is. And like, all of a sudden you see downtown Montclair where we go all the time, like, and you just see it on your TV. It's interesting. It's fascinating. Um, yeah. Well, my brother just commented drama is drama. It's great TV. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we, we honestly, like we have really and truly loved Jersey. Like, solid very solid for the last two seasons so we're excited yeah. that they're like already going to start up filming get another jersey shore season uh i can't wait but yeah it ended final final wrap up it ended obviously with some pineapple drinks all the ladies got uh pineapple themed drinks because that's you know teresa's teresa's jam and they left her out. She needed one, and somebody bring one out for Teresa, and they surprised her with Louis. Louis brought out was, an apple. Drink. I thought it was cute. It was, it was cute. cute. It was a cute moment, was and cute. she was totally surprised. I actually, my favorite moment was uh, when Louis left the stage and oh. up, and he met the guys backstage. Obviously, he knows Joe Gorga, but he met a couple of them for the first right. time, and they all like did a cheers together, and they're like, "Welcome to the Wolf Pack, baby!" Yeah. Like, I loved it. Yeah. Like, honestly, we love, love, love the Jersey men, and and welcome, Louie. Like, I know welcome. you're part of that. Like going forward, and I'm excited to watch more of him and more of him and Teresa, and where that goes. Another I great, did love another great season of New Jersey. Yeah. We love it. No, I loved that too with the men, but I did love too. I don't know if you caught it when he was walking off like the set. Teresa like yeah. turned over. She goes, wait, like, don't, like, don't leave. I want to go home with you. <laughs> and like, that's such a, like, I laugh because it's such a comment like I would say. Because they don't have like their phones or anything. I'd be like, wait, like, don't, 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 don't leave me. I'll, I'll be right there. So, I'll be right there. <laughs> so that like cracked me up. And then obviously we saw him with the men, which was yeah. so heartwarming. So yeah, we loved it. Great season. Absolutely. Hats off to New Jersey. Yep. Uh, they're still going solid. And I said it to Caitlin because I was catching up on Roni today. I said, Caitlin, I'm officially stating it now that right now, as things stand, New Jersey is the superior franchise. Yep. And, and they're the Absolutely. top franchise as of right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think some people will come at us saying Potomac is, but I still have to stand my ground. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Maybe I have to give it a second chance. I don't know. I gave Dallas a second chance, maybe like a third chance this year. And <laughs> Dallas actually had a very interesting storyline. Um, but during the reunion, things got super racist. So I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. So, <laughs> But I think they're making changes there, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a chance. Who knows? So there's a lot of TV to be watched. So. Yes. Yes, yes. I say they bring DC back. That was a wild one season. That's all I have to say. Someone oh, broke God. into the white. Someone broke into the White House. How can you not bring DC back? Come on. I did not catch DC. How can you not bring that back? All right. So let's get into our game. We are playing one of our favorites tonight, buy or sell. We do this all the time. We do it with football. We do it with housewives. We absolutely do love our buy or sell. Um, and we are bringing up our 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 good old friend Adam Shine has <laughs> Katie <laughs> rolls her eyes. I loathe Adam Shine. I loathe him. Loathe him. Uh -huh. <laughs> she does. So the game is obviously buy or sell, but the question, and what Katie will probably say no is, is do we really um 
care what Adam Shine thinks. So right off the bat, Katie. That's a big, that's Katie. A big fat no. It's a big fat no from Katie, but we made a game out of it anyway. Yeah. So last week, Adam Shine wrote an article for NFL.com with nine bold predictions for the 2021 NFL season. So we're going to say whether or not we buy or sell these predictions. Right. Um, and then we're also going to make a bold prediction ourselves. So one from me, one from Katie, and then we'll have fun. We'll buy and sell each other's bold predictions. So can't wait. So let's go ahead again. Like I said, there's nine and then Katie and I will wrap it up with number 10 for you guys. Well, I guess it's technically 11 then. So let's start with the first one. Aaron Rodgers leads the Broncos on a deep playoff run. I would buy it if that actually happened where he was on the Broncos because I like that team, but I'm selling it because he's not going to the Broncos. I'm selling it too. It's just unrealistic. I do have to bring up the Broncos though. So they put a side-by-side -side picture of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater the other day at OTAs. Drew Locke looks like he put on a couple LBs, to be honest. Not nice. in a good way. Not in a good way. Oh, not oh, oh, in a good way. Like, like, like his like chin is like. He's got a baby face. He's he's always had a baby face though. You gotta look. It looks like he got a little chubby. So. All right. Not like. Daniel Jones weight put on like good. Yeah, weight. I thought that's where I thought you meant. No, not the good weight. Okay. Um, but yeah, so just check it out. Um, all right. So second one, Miles Garrett breaks the single season sack record, and the record was previously held by Mr. Michael Strahan with twenty two point five. Previously held. Currently oh. held. <laughs> that's not what I meant. I meant he had. Yeah, I. <laughs> that's what I. Meant. <laughs> He has it. Um, yeah, so buy or sell. Selling this shit forever. Strayhan, that's Strayhan's record forever, but no, all, all bias aside, I am selling it. Uh, Miles Garrett has only played a full 16 games uh, once in his four NFL seasons. That's worth noting. And during that season, he recorded the most amount of sacks that he's had in one season, which was 13 and a half. So that is a very bold prediction because he hasn't come close to that number and he doesn't play a full 16 games enough, right? He's not consistent enough health-wise suspensions. We've seen that as well. Um, so I'm selling this. Yeah, and I honestly think those are all great points. Some of these are very spicy, and I tried to spice things up tonight. So as much as I would never want this to leave Michael Strahan, I am going to buy it to spice things up here because as much as I, I love your points, um, I think Miles Garrett is on a um, – He's almost he's almost getting his revenge body right now. He is on a comeback comeback season after his suspension. I think that he had so much to prove before that god awful suspension and everything that he did and I obviously don't like him as a player or a human being anymore. But I think he's on this uprise for him, not uprise as a human being, but He's like, he's, he, he's still in comeback mode. He's like, I have to show the world that I am who I am. It's that happened, but now I'm going to do this. And he's a monster. He's terrifying, like literally terrifying. So if you put that kind of like ego in someone's head, like it's comeback season, baby, I think they'll take care of it. So that's why I'm, I, I put the words by behind it. Nobody's doing it this season. And the sack leader, the person who will get closest, in my opinion, is TJ Watt. So yeah, and that's fair. That's my take on that one. 
Number three, Ezekiel Elliott wins another rushing title, finishes the season with the most rushing yards in the NFL. Kaylin and I recently like talked about who we thought would do this. So I know you're selling it and I'm selling it. Oh, we, both yeah. agreed, we both agreed that Derrick Henry was going to win it again. Ezekiel Elliott's got nothing on Derrick Henry. Don't be <laughs> stupid, Adam Shine. No, selling it for sure. Yeah. Number four, the Bengals win more games than the Steelers. Okay. Uh, I put I'm selling it. Mm -hmm. But I said I I'm selling it because I actually think they might have tying records. I like um, that. Pittsburgh will have the better division record. Right. But Cincinnati's schedule is like a hell of a lot easier than Pittsburgh's. Right. Pittsburgh has a very, very difficult schedule. So I think when you like put that together, those two things, I think they're going to finish like very close to one another, but I, I'm, so I'm selling it. Another spicy one. I'm buying it because <laughs> I don't know. I think it might happen though. I don't know. Crazier yeah. things have happened. Literally crazier things have happened in the NFL. And for me, this one actually doesn't seem that crazy or out of reach, but definitely still a spicy take for sure. Okay. The Falcons win 10 games without Julio Jones. Um, they've got half of the equation, right? But I'm selling it. So the half that they're getting right is, yeah, I think Julio Jones will be out of Atlanta, but I don't think Atlanta is capable of winning 10 games. I don't even know if they're capable of winning 10 games with Julio Jones. So I'm yeah. selling this. So that's the thing. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I think right now they're such a questionable organization and we bring this up time after time. We outline who they have offensively, defensively, special teams. And we wonder, why are you not good? Where, where is this talent going? It's going in the garbage can week after week. So exiting Julio Jones doesn't do anything. It really doesn't. You're almost just still in a standstill because you're not yeah. going to bring in someone who's going to make or break the team. The team is still is what it is. And what they are right now, in my opinion, is building upward and onward. They're going to have to move on from Matt Ryan eventually. And yeah. just getting rid of Julio Jones doesn't do anything for that. Right. So I'm selling it as well. Okay. The Titans win 11 games with Julio Jones. This is another like half of it. Yeah, but half of it. No, like I'm selling this because if he went there, yes, I believe they would win 11 games, but I don't think he's going to Tennessee. So I'm buying it because out of all of his, you know, suitors, I, I love the Titans. I he love also the did Titans. say that like, and obviously rightfully so, like he said, like, I really want to win. He could, yeah. he could win with the Titans. He could. Yeah. I like him on the Titans, so definitely I, buying I mean, that. That one. would be huge for them. So yeah, I, but I just I don't know if I see it yet. I don't know. So this one, honestly, it killed me. I could I I be honest, I really couldn't pick. Um, so the Colts field the NFL's best defense. Well, this is the first one out of seven questions that I'm going to buy. Um, I really, really love yeah. the Colts defense last year, and like. I actually pulled up the statistics like them, like just defensively as a team versus everybody else last year. And I actually thought they did a lot better than like what it was showing on paper, right. um, which still showed very well. 
But I, in my mind, thought they were like one of the best defenses last year. So to me, mm-hmm. this wasn't even like a crazy, crazy outlandish bold prediction. Um, I'm buying this. They're they're totally capable of being the league's best yeah. defense. Listen, at first I was selling it and I looked to buy it and I don't even know where I landed when I was finally done with my decision. But um, yeah, this was definitely one of the hardest ones on the list, I think. So I don't know. I'm still going to go with it's 50 50. I'm buying and selling it, selling it, then buying it, buying it, then selling it. Um, The Panthers field a top five offense. Selling it, selling it. I'm not a believer in Sam Darnold. And it's such a weird prediction. Getting Christian McCaffrey back. But yeah, yeah, I thought this was a random as hell prediction. Like, yeah. why Carolina? Like, they were so, why? they're so middle of the pack, like offensively, even with a full healthy Christian McCaffrey. So yeah. I didn't understand that one. Uh, selling it. Yeah. Selling it, selling it. Same. And number nine. Derwin James reassumes his rightful title of first team all pro. It pains me to say that, like, I have to strongly agree with Adam Shine, but I'm buying this. I love Derwin James. I know, me too. Always sung his praises. Phenomenal player. Absolute beast. Only 24 years old. Young stud. Like, what a career he has ahead of him. He doesn't get injured. Like, his first... First year, second year in the season, like all pro. Like, yes, yep. like he is legit. If he can come back fully healthy, like he is a beast. And I want to see it. We all want to see it. Um, mm-hmm. So we wish him the best. And and I'm going to buy it and hope that that's what we get. Bye-bye-bye, as am I. All right. All righty. Going to get interesting here. So what is your bold prediction? I don't know if everybody's going to find it like super duper bold, uh, but I went with Atlanta's rookie tight end Kyle Pitts will have more touchdowns than any other tight end this season. So that's including Kelsey, including Kittle, Mark Andrews, you know, Darren Waller. I'm saying that Pitts has the most touchdowns. Um, so I'm going to sell it based on the conversation we just had about the Atlanta Falcons. Um, even if you keep Julio Jones, but if you know, Julio the, leaves, that also opens up for him. But I was saying before too, that I think Julio leaving doesn't really do much for them. Yes, of course. It, it, Somebody's got like, to touchdowns. It literally does like statistically does open him up. Like literally you can't not pass the ball to him. Um, but I hope that he scores. I just, I don't know. No, I got to sell it. I don't think the the Falcons are going to deliver with him right away, which is a a goddamn shame, in my opinion. I think the way Odell came in his rookie year, and let's all remember that Odell missed the first four games, but then he came in with an injury, and then he came in, and he lit the league on fire. Like I'm thinking and feeling like that's what we're going to, that feeling like, and you have to remember like Odell wasn't necessarily on a good giants team when he did that. Oh yeah. So like, I think regardless of whether Atlanta's good or not, somebody's got to score touchdowns for that. And I think Kyle Pitts could potentially light the league on fire. So. All right. What's yours? Mine is Tampa Bay is a wild card and loses in the first round of the playoffs. I, I could buy that. I could buy that. 
I originally was going to put that they don't make the playoffs, but I wasn't feeling that ballsy. No, I would sell that. Um, but I could totally buy them. The, listen, there it happens all the freaking time where one of those Super Bowl teams from the year before in that game, like they just kind of have a slump the next year. I but I feel like no one is thinking that it's going to be like the Buccaneers nobody, this year. No, well, nobody went into last year thinking that they were going to be the team. So right. I feel like, and and hats off to what they did, but they're still not the team that like I'm most afraid of in the NFL. Like I'm still way more afraid of the Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like a, a team that's on the rise, like the Bills, uh, you know, there are some good, good teams yeah. out there. And I could definitely buy that one. I could buy that. I could see that happening. Yeah. Cool. All right. That was a lot of fun. Love, love uh, some good, bold predictions. I'm sure we'll maybe give you some more as the season gets closer. Uh, But time of the night to get it off our chest. Positive, negative, housewives, football, life, wine, uh, the crappy Memorial Day weekend, weather that we (laughs) got, whatever you want to talk about. That should have been mine originally, but it turned <laughs> out actually to be a very phenomenal weekend. So I can't yeah. complain about it. The weather sucked, but had an absolute blast Friday to Monday. So yeah. nothing, no complaint skis here from me. Um, I do want to complain ski though about a Giants reporter, which it always frustrates me when I know Giants reporters have to kind of, you know, take both sides of things or put out hot takes or whatnot. But sometimes when they take, they make the most insane hot takes, in my opinion. I'm like, are you really, who are you really siding with here? Yeah, like, who are yeah. you siding really on? Um, so Pat Leonard, um, he is a Giants reporter, a Giants analyst reporter, whatever you want to call them. Um, he did release an article recently, um, and I did tweet it out. Um, I did quote tweet it and told him to shut up. So if you want to go to my Twitter and read the actual article. Um, so he basically uh, wrote an article about you know, it's, it's time for the giants to really put some pressure on Daniel Jones. And, and, and that, that title is kind of misleading because like, yes, we all have been saying that this is a huge year for Daniel Jones. It's you people, you want to go as far as saying it's a make or break season. Like we need to see like good. It's not a secret. Everybody knows it and everybody says it. You gotta see it. And it's it's the people that weren't shocked on draft day, and it was the people who fell out off their couches and had no idea what the hell was going on on draft day. So it's everyone in the bunch knows it's a big year for him and they know he needs to deliver. Yeah. So the title of the article was very misleading in that because it opens up to how Daniel Jones addresses the media and how he's a naive person. And that he addresses the media that, you know, it's, oh, well, there's 11 people that, you know, are are on the field and there's 11 and we're doing this and everyone's doing all that stuff. And he can't take the blame for himself, nor can he blame anyone else. I just get frustrated with this because Daniel Jones isn't naive. He is facing the New York media. No other team aside from the Jets and the Giants get hit with the media as as hard as they do. It doesn't matter if they royally suck and no one cares. Think about the Jets the past season. No one has cared about them. But guess what every press conference is like? Living hell. It's hell on earth for them because the New York media is hell. You can go to every other sports franchise in the New York area It's just the New York media, you know, stinks. I always remember I read uh, Victor Cruz's book, Out of the Blue. I borrowed it from you. 
And I remember when he had that standout game and like, you know, I think like LeBron James tweeted out, like, who is this guy? Like he walked into the locker room after and the press was there and there was all his cameras and stuff. And he kept a cool, calm and collective. He walked away and the Giants um, head of PR, Pat Hanlon, actually went up to him and was like, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, Pat Hanlon. And he was like, that was beautiful. Like, don't like, don't change a thing. Like, just talk to the media like you just did for the rest of your life. So I don't like that he's addressing Daniel Jones like this because not only did I just share that prime example from Victor Cruz, I'm also want to relate it to Eli. He's taking a, a like a literally a chapter straight out of Eli Manning's playbook where it's talk to them, show them no emotion. You tell them the facts straight up. And the mm -hmm. facts are that there are 11 guys around you and everyone can make mistakes. There is, there is no I in team. You're not throwing someone under the bus. Katie and I come on this show week after week and we call out weak ass quarterbacks. We call out weak ass team leaders who do throw people under the bus. Hint, hint, Aaron Rodgers, who's throwing the whole everyone under the bus now. And that to me, I would be ashamed to call that person my team captain, my team's quarterback. Yeah. I like what Daniel Jones is, what he does. I'm good and with it. I don't think he's naive. I don't think he's shying away from taking the blame. I don't think he's shying away from blaming other people because I don't think he should be doing that to the media right. because the New York media will then take it and blow it up three ways to Sunday to say right. things that Daniel Jones did not say. So I just really thought this was a bad it was a misshapen article. It really didn't. I think, you know, this guy, Pat Leonard had points he wanted to discuss, but I think he really missed the mark on a bunch of areas and him being a giant analyst and reporter, you should know what that attention is like on a team, yeah. especially a quarterback. So to me, bad take. Don't do that again. You should see his mentions. Not good. We're all in agreement that Daniel Jones has to show up this season. Yeah. We're not in agreement with what, you know, what this article was about. So. Absolutely. I, I'm very happy with how Daniel Jones handles himself in front of the press. It's a spitting image of how Eli did it. And that's what I, as a Giants fan want from him. And I hope all Giants fans want, because that's mm -hmm. the best way to, to handle that New York market. I think. Absolutely. I'm going to keep mine like probably the quickest I've ever made it and just say that, um, and this is kind of going off of watching New Jersey reunion um, that made me think of it. I, I feel as though two OGs in Teresa and Ramona who have been on our television screens for over a decade. Um, so they've clearly watched themselves on, back on television for over a decade. And I would just wish at some point the two of them would learn to give a legitimate, heartfelt, not half-ass apology. So <laughs> I feel as though Teresa and I, I, there were examples I saw in the reunion of like, I'm sorry that I did this. But like, no, yeah. there doesn't always need to be a but at the end of these apologies. And, and I said to Caitlin, I think the two of them kind of get away with doing half-ass apologies. Mm -hmm. That's what the women have grown to expect. Like if you get a half-ass apology from Ramona or Teresa, that's a win. You're never going to win full one. Like right. take your wins where you can get them. But I also right. don't like that the two of them get away with things like that. And and just, I wish these women, it's it's not too late. You're still on TV. You can still watch yourself back. 
try to learn to give the the full ass apology, not the half ass apology, but the whole damn thing. So that's my get it off my chest. I'd like to see that for both of them in the future. I'll hold my damn breath. I don't think it will actually happen, but you never know. You know, they should listen to sorry by Justin Bieber. Is it too late now to say sorry? <laughs> it's never too late, ladies. We're all ready to hear it. Yeah, and I am in full agreement with you on this one. You, I don't think in the time that I've known these women, which has been a long ass time, I don't think the the word sorry with true affection behind it has come out. So there's no, there's no sorry period end of sentence. It's sorry, it's sorry, but, but sorry, but, but this, no, 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 no. So. <laughs> Like no more sorry butts. We get the butts out of it. Just sorry, yep. you move on, and that's it. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, that is our show. As always, thank you for tuning in live across Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, but also thank you for listening on the pod. We are on Apple Podcast and the Spotify. And we're also anywhere else you listen. It's Google Podcasts, we're on Stitcher. Anywhere, honestly, you know, you can listen to us. Um, obviously, on we're on Instagram too. Follow us at the Real Football Fans of NJ. We love interacting with you guys, um, and week after week, delivering this content to you. Um, do not miss uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is on tonight, Wednesday at eight. Uh, we are, you know, it's eight forty-five now. So if you're watching live, you're forty-five minutes behind. Uh, Rojas in New York is on every Tuesday now at 9 p.m. Yeah. We do have a premiere date set for the Rojas of Potomac, which is apparently hot, hot, hot. It's airing in 39 days on July 11th. And we are, I believe, 99 days away from the NFL football season. Oh, wow. Didn't know that one. I like, I am pretty sure yesterday was a hundred days. I, right. it could have been, I I'm really screwed up because this is a short week. Um, so I'm I like, know, I, know. I keep thinking everything is there. So I think yesterday was a hundred regardless. Right. We're under the hundred marker. We're in the nineties right. people. We're All in right. the nineties. So. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. We are there. We are almost there. So don't worry. Football is a coming and we will see you guys next week. As always, thank you for joining us. See you next time. Goodbye and cheers. Good night.